Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Bob Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, alongside Alyssa Antonelli once again. She uh she's still here, believe it or not. Uh we're uh we're talking Disney Cruise Line once again. We're continuing our series on the Disney Cruise Line. Each episode during this series covers a different one of the Disney Cruise Line ships. So we'll be going into more detail about that in just a little bit. Before we jump into the episode, though, I want to mention that this episode and every episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. We'll talk more about Mickey Travels later on in the episode. But speaking of Mickey Travels, alongside me once again is Alyssa Antonelli, who is the co-owner of Mickey Travels and obviously a huge part of the Mickey Blog, Mickey Travels uh, family, as well as my trusty co-host for quite a long time now. So... How are you doing, Alyssa? Are you getting excited for yet another episode? But also, uh, we're getting closer and closer to springtime, flower and garden. Um, it's a it's a great time of year, and um, yeah, just a beautiful time of year down here in Orlando. It really is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Always love to to you know co-host the podcast with you. Um, yeah, but it's crazy that it's uh, it's February, and um, you know, we're another festival is almost, you know, behind us and we're just, you know, kind of days away from flower and garden. Um, and I'm also excited about, you know, I know this isn't what the episode's about, but a couple of fun announcements, uh, lately, you know, we have, a a time frame of when Tiana's, you know, is going to be, um, uh, you know, open. We have a summer, summer's a long time, but we have an idea, but also they mentioned 1900 park fair reopening. That's been Oh, such a long time. So really exciting things happening and some big announcements. Yeah, I agree. A lot of exciting things happening. And, you know, I think it's really just the start. I mean, you know, we're sort of, this is, this is when Disney starts to, Disney news likes to sort of wake up a little bit. Uh, January is always a little bit slower for Disney news as they get through the busyness of the holiday season. Um, but as February rolls around, we get into March, things are just going to keep ramping up and all exciting things. You know, we're heading towards yeah. the summertime. Speaking of Disney Cruise Line, where we get closer and closer to Lighthouse Point. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of things to be excited for as a Disney fan. And the Tiana news is very exciting um, because. You know, that's a it's a it's a new Walt Disney World attraction that's coming our way and coming our way fast. So uh, for updates and information on everything we just talked about, be sure to head over to MakeyBlog.com because we got a bunch of stories on literally everything we just talked about um, with writers who will probably explain it better than Jared, to be honest with you. Who knows? Uh, for myself. But- <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're going to tell you the details for for sure. Um, no question but- about it. But yeah, let's jump into today's episode. So last week, Alyssa, we talked about the Disney fantasy. Um, We had Serena um, from Living by Disney on. She's wonderful. Always love having her on. And it was a really fun episode where we essentially detailed and explained a full almost guide, uh, you know, in audio form of the Disney fantasy, the cruise ship, everything that's offered on the ship, why you should maybe choose that ship. And uh, yeah, everything in between. So that was a that was a lot of fun. Obviously, I know you always enjoy um, you know our episodes with Serena, and um, and yeah, I'm excited for today's episode because we are now talking about the Disney Wish, which is the most recently uh, opened Disney Cruise Line ship. Um, obviously, 
you know, we have another new one coming later this year. Yes, but uh, sure. the Disney Wish is the most recently opened one and uh, super excited to talk about that today. Alyssa has lots of experience comparatively to me with the <laughs> Disney Wish, uh, being that she has been on the ship, I believe, five times, correct? I was trying to think if it was four or five. Um, it's it's in that vicinity, four or five times wow. on the Disney Wish. Um, yeah, she's a she's a beautiful ship for sure. Um, and like I said, the newest, um, very different um, theming decor to any of the other four Disney ships. Um, yeah. I call it elegance. Like it's just sheer, pure elegance. Um, everything about it is um, very Disney, but just very, it's almost like if you could imagine the Grand Floridian in the, on the water. <laughs> it's a good way to put of, it. Yeah. If you could picture that, like, you know, walk into the lobby, of the Grand Floridian, it's just so beautiful. And so, you know, Appoint well appointed. That's sort of what the wish is about. And that, by the way, that's not for everybody. If you take a poll, there's a lot of people that they prefer, you know, the dream or they prefer the magic or the fantasy. Um, so it just, you know, it is super elegant, but it, it might not be everybody's taste. I think it's the most beautiful of the ships, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think. Your opinion on that is, you know, you know, not popular. Mm -hmm. I, I would say most people that have been on the wish, experienced the wish, um, agree that it is a step up from the other ships in regards to elegance and, you know, how royal and classic it is. Now, yeah. you know, the wish obviously does a great job celebrating Cinderella and a lot of those royal themes. Um, so let's sort of start there. Um, I want you to go back for a second, travel back in time with me, Alyssa, to your uh, first experience on the Disney Wish. You were very fortunate and lucky to be a part of the christening, um, which is incredible. Um, so when you first walked in there, when you first walked aboard the ship, what were your initial reactions, your your thoughts? Because this is a very different atrium and different sort of setup. Uh, and a lot of the ship is actually set up very different from the other cruise ships, um, which kind of gives us some expectations with the Disney treasure, because that will be the Wishes sister ship. We'll talk more about that later. But I wanted to hear a little bit about your like initial and first reactions when you when you went on the ship. Um, well, as you said, and I am so appreciative to Disney, um, Mickey Travels was invited um, to the christening, which was very limited, um, number of people. It was actually just, um, high level travel agencies, um, and, um, high level media. Um, we were on the ship with Josh Demaro, Thomas Maslum, who's, you know, president of Disney Cruise Line. Uh, it was uh, Ashley Eckstein was on the ship. I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, uh, actually, as a matter of fact, we were two rows behind John Stamos at, the in the theater the one night which is pretty cool i was like uncle jesse no but anyway um i will say walking onto the ship um it it does have such a as i said a different feel i walked on and just was wowed because the other ships have um they're so beautiful the other disney ships they have a little bit of a darker feel which i believe by the way the treasure is going to as well um i don't think the treasure is going to keep that elegance type of theme um, it's going to be different. Um, 
this is just bright and light and elegant. It's the only word I can come up with. I know I'm going to overuse it throughout the podcast, um, but um, just absolutely beautiful. Um, I do agree with you that some of the unique features versus the other cruise, the other Disney ships, um, there's no midship elevators, which is a little um, kind of hard to, you're not used to that. There's forward and aft elevators. Um, so that's something to kind of get used to. Um, but there's a lot of great errors. A lot of things stay the same throughout each of the ships. So there are a lot of commonalities um, that they're just not going to get rid of. Um, but again, just the theming of the different areas, um, it's just beautiful. And I think it's size-wise, um, it's a manageable ship to get on and learn, even though there's you know, so much to do and so much to see, but you get used to it pretty quickly. Um, I think the one, you know, we like to keep it real on the podcast, right? Like we don't, yeah. we don't lie, right? We we keep it real. And I think one of the, um, I want to say disappointing or downfalls is that they only do the three and the four night sailings on the wish and three and four nights just isn't enough on a cruise. Just not. I mean, no. you get on and before you know it, they're, you know, they're telling you to get off. Um, obviously the workaround is if you want to do a back to back and then you have a week, the only thing is, is that it's not much different. It's not like a week on the fantasy where you're doing three or four ports and they're different. You know, if you do a three and a four night, you're going to head back to Nassau. You're heading back to Castaway. It, you know, it's going to be a similar feel, but that is a workaround. Um, I do think that there's a lot of people that wish that wit, no pun intended, wish the wish, was doing some of the of the longer sailings. And you never know, they could reposition ships, which they do all the time. Um, so that could change and they could make the, you know, do different um, itineraries and longer sailings. But um, I'd say that's the one thing that I hear about. But at the same time, the positive part of that is if you can only take off work for a week, a long weekend, the wish is perfect for that. Um, you know, the, the three nights are Friday to Monday and the four nights are Monday to Friday and that's every single week. So, you know, whatever might work for you, but sometimes the short, or sometimes people, if you want to do a land sea, that's a perfect opportunity where you do a, maybe three or four nights at Walt Disney world and maybe do a three or four night cruise on the wish after. So, you know, just to go back a little bit, um, I do want to ask you more about the three and the four night, um. However, sometimes Jared has a tendency of getting off track and forgetting what he was originally going to say. So we both do that. We're going to rewind. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask a little bit about the atrium because I think there's something very gorgeous that happens there every single night. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Are you referring to the kiss goodnight? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> every night they have it at uh, 10, 11, 12 p.m., um, this gorgeous chandelier, um, which is in the Grand Hall, um, it's a it's probably about lasts about a minute. It's pretty amazing. It has a song, um, and I'm not going to sing, but it's a beautiful song. It's you know just absolutely beautiful, and the lights on the chandelier move, you know, kind of glisten and do a dance, and the lights on the top do it. It's so beautiful. Here's the cool thing: um, the atrium, the I'm sorry, the Grand Hall is three stories high. So when you come in on deck three, that's where you come in on the ship. That's the, that is where the grand hall starts, but you can actually see up to four and five. So on the night when people are watching the kiss goodnight, 
they're on deck three, they're wrapped around deck four, around the H, the Grand Hall, and around deck five. Um, you will, this is really kind of just a thing. I've seen it on every cruise on the Wish I've been on. People will actually lay on the carpet on deck three and just look up while the Kiss Goodnight is actually being played. So you'll <laughs> see a bunch of people laying on their backs on the ground, on the carpet, looking up. And it's kind of really fun. First time I saw it, it was like very like, what are they doing on the floor? But that's what people do. They kind of get the perspective of like looking up and getting the whole entire perspective of what's going on. It's really, really pretty. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure if you go to Mickey blog, um, there's some videos of uh, the Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, uh, we have actually posted TikToks, Reels, um, and just flat out videos on Facebook uh, yeah. as well. So go check um, it out. It's pretty cool. It is. It is very cool. So to transition sort of towards the next phase, you brought up a few good thing, good points that I wanted to mention here. For starters, the central elevators, because I do think it's important to mention. Um, in fact, a lot of Disney blogs, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of people I've personally seen go on the Disney Wish talked about that and highlighted like, ooh, that's something they actually don't love all that much comparatively to the other cruise ships. However, the layout of the ship is a little bit different as well. Now, in regards to the three and four night cruises, um, I know a lot of people actually tend to actually, they're willing to go for a shorter time and go for those three or four night stays in order to get to experience the wish and be on that nicer, newer, brand new ship. Is that something you'd agree with? And is that something you notice a lot as well on, you know, the Mickey travel side with, with people who book? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it does factor into, you know, when you're choosing a ship or a sail date, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it that certainly our Mickey travels agents can help guide. Um, I certainly, as you just mentioned, Jared, the ship itself, you might be fond of, I really want to be on the magic. I really want to be on the fantasy. Regardless of where it's going, this is your ship. This is the ship that you love to go on. Um, but the second factor also is, as we mentioned, um, how long can you take off work? Or if you're doing a land sea, maybe you can't do four nights at Walt Disney World and a seven night cruise. You know, can't be away that long. Um, so how long the sailing is. Also the itinerary of where it's going. You know, um, the, obviously the wish is a Bahamian sailing. So they're going to do stops in Nassau and Castaway. Um, so, you know, I think that might factor in um, as far as, you know, why someone's choosing it. But yes, I mean, everything new is always new and everybody wants to be a part of it. Um, I'm sure, and I don't know this at, to date and I could find out, I'm sure the maiden voyage of the treasure is almost full, if not full at this point, even being that it's over Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't know that for a fact, but I would put money on the fact that it's, it's pretty full. Now someone could, you know, if I'm wrong, get on here and shame me. It's all good. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, people want to get on something new. Um, the preview cruise of Lighthouse Point, people want to get onto that island and see what that's about. Um, anything new, it's new. Yeah, I think, you know, that that goes without saying in, in almost any sort of um, travel industry, any any 
industry in general, lots of people like what's new, you know, people line up outside for the new iPhone or, you know, it it is what it is. So uh, I think that's pretty standard. However, I will say uh, you bring up a really good point about the fact that the Disney treasure has such high demand already, um, you know, and, and it's over Christmas week that, that first sailing. So I think that speaks more highly of the demand for Disney Cruise Line right now. You spoke a little bit about that in the last episode, Alyssa, about how like last year you you were calling the, the year of Disney Cruise Line and everything. Like it's it's incredible how much Disney Cruise Line has continued to grow and how how much it's become such a major part of the Disney brand and the Disney business as a whole. So you know, before we go back to the Disney wish, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I just think it's worth spending a few minutes talking about. I'm I'm just, I'm amazed, I guess, you know, and as we continue on this Disney Cruise Line series and talk about some of the other ships, um, you know, I'll probably mention this a few more times, but I'm just amazed at the demand and, and the excitement around Disney Cruise Line and just how popular it's gotten and i don't think it's slowing down if anything it's speeding no, up no it's not and and i think some of it um is is still a pent up demand because the ship the disney well cruise is the cruise industry took a while to get back after covid right we know that um the parks opened way before the ships did uh, and that's across the board in the industry so i think there's still a little bit of a pent up demand of people that want to get back on the ships. But I think also something that Serena said, I think goes right to the point of what you're asking or what you're talking about. And that is, it'll, it allows you an opportunity to have a Disney vacation without the crazy running around to the parks kind of thing all the time. You know, you get a little bit of the, you know, you get that Disney magic without the, what time is my, and I don't, you know, I love the parks. I'm not, knocking the parks a little bit without the, you know, what time's my lightning lane? Let's run to this or run to that. You had that relaxation um, while still having Disney, um, which is, you know, um, as, as Serena said, and we know this, uh, sometimes after going to the parks, you need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> so um, I, I think that's also why it's, it's, um, you know, popular and, um, and, people like it and you know and let's be honest for the most part it's somewhat of you would call an all-inclusive i know you pay for certain things but you get your meals you get you know you get your stateroom you get your meals you get your entertainment all in one yes there's extras you're paying for alcohol or you're paying for souvenirs obviously or you know you're paying for excursions um you're paying maybe to get a spa treatment but for the most part, if you don't do the extras, everything has been paid for before you leave. Yeah. No, and I, I think it, people like that. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why the whole all-inclusive resort side of the tribal travel industry is as popular as it is. I mean, absolutely. people people enjoy knowing this is what I'm getting with my money, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes you're paying and then you get there and you're like, wait a minute, I got to pay for this too. And I got to pay right. for this too, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of like money surprise and not, nobody usually likes that. So I, I agree with you. I think, you know, that's one of the biggest benefits of Disney Cruise Line is, you know, especially comparatively to other cruise lines. And I'm not knocking the other cruise lines, by the way. Um, 
just one of the things I personally loved about Disney Cruise Line is you really do, you get a lot out of what you're paying and, you know, between the food and, you know, and the, you know, the experiences and, and everything on ship. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. Um, sure. But, but let's, uh, we'll shift back towards the Disney wish, but before we do, I do want to pause here for a quick second and mention, as I always like to mention a few quick things about Mickey travels, because, you know, this is an episode all about booking Disney cruises. So, you know, it's, it's important for us to, uh, take a few moments to, to talk about Mickey travels because they can help book your Disney cruise and your next cruise on the Disney wish. So this episode of the Mickey Bot podcast is brought to you and sponsored by Mickey travels and Mickey travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at MickeyTravels.com. That's MickeyTravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. And as I just mentioned, if you ever need help booking your Disney cruise, reach out to Mickey Travels because they can not just plan it all for you, book it all for you, and everything in between at zero additional costs. And it's extremely exciting times to be going on a Disney cruise with a new island, a, you know, coming our direction, as well as another cruise ship, both happening this year in the calendar year 2024. It's very exciting times. So um, it's a great time to, to book a Disney cruise. And if you do, of course, reach out to our friends over at Mickey Travels. Um, but I wanted to shift back into... Uh, Disney Wish specifically, because of course that's what this episode is all about. So let's talk about some of the specifics and particulars that people can expect and enjoy uh, when booking a cruise on the Disney Wish. We talked a lot about dining and, you know, uh, characters, the use of the app, um, things of that nature when on our last episode about Disney Fantasy. I want to go over some of the similar things because what was interesting about the Disney Wish. And what excited a lot of people is that they did have more unique uh, lounges and and dining experiences that people hadn't really seen before, um, you know, with because, you know, as you as you know, Alyssa, like with many of the other ships, things are different. But sometimes the dream and the fantasy, for example, are quite similar in many ways. So they're sister ships, obviously, but the wish brought us things like hyperspace lounge and Marvel dining and things that we hadn't seen before. So can you talk a little bit about the, uh, the dining options, not just the sit down restaurants, but, um, lounges, uh, and as well as, um, you know, quick service, things of that nature. So I do agree with you. Um, you know, obviously artist palette is, uh, you know, obviously very popular on the other ships and they did not bring that over to the wish, um, which surprised me a little bit because that was a staple. I thought they would sort of continue um, on with, but that's okay because they really did up the ante a lot with the offerings. Um, so as most people know, there are three dining rooms, dining um, areas uh, that are part of the rotational dining schedule that are part of your cruise. Um, the first one you mentioned is Worlds of Marvel. Um, it is an interactive type of restaurant um, where there's screens all around. They do have some at the very, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. So there's some characters that come in at the end. It's a sort of a storyline that you kind of follow. Food's great. As you know, your waiter and waitress, like every Disney cruise um, is going to follow you around. Um, so that's pretty fun. 
Um, the second one is Arendelle, which is obviously a frozen themed dinner. Um, they actually do have a show uh, sort of in the round um, where the tables are sort of all around this central stage. So they'll sing songs from Frozen. They have the characters. Um, it is a Scandinavian type of menu. Um, so it might not be for everybody's taste, but as you know, on Disney Cruise Line, you can always get chicken finger. They'll make anything for you. You can get pasta. You can get, you know, so I always say, if it's not like, oh gosh, Norwegian food, hey, you can have your chicken fingers and fries. It's all good, you know? <laughs> um, there's that. And then my favorite of the three restaurants of the rotational dining schedule is 1923. Um, and what's really neat about this is if you are a Disney sort of historian, not a historian, but you love the history of Disney and Walt Roy, um, there's so much memorabilia. You would it would take you hours to go through each of the little cases and see what they had. They have just everything from you know actual you know memorabilia. I don't know you know how historical it is, but they have you know um, animation and it's just a beautiful restaurant. What's really cool is it's actually located as you walk into the ship on the grand hall in the grand hall, and there's two entrances, so you can either eat in the Walt. It's called the Walt, um, the Walt side or the Roy side. Um, they are not connected internally, but you do have the option if you're eating there that you can go to the other one to see what the other one has to offer. It's the same exact decor, except on the Walt side, it's just more heavily Walt Disney memorabilia. And then the other side is Roy Disney memorabilia. Um, the food is excellent. My favorite. Um, and it just has a very, um, old Hollywood feel to the restaurants, which makes sense for, you know, like old, you know, LA. Um, so those are the three options. And of course it goes without saying, um, and I will talk about the quick services. There's always Apollo, which has been brought from every ship, including it will be on the treasure. So that is one staple that will be on all six ships. And I think, you know, obviously Serena spoke so highly about Apollo. I, I know you have your own amazing story of Palo on the Magic um, on a special celebration. Um, so feel free to share that again with any with everybody. Um, and then where um, Serena mentioned Remy on the Wish, they have Enchante, which is very similar. Um, it's it's a Beauty and the Beast type of theme, but it's French dining. Um, and it's the same idea of you have an upcharge for either Palo or Enchante. Um, as far as the quick service, so like cabanas on the other ships on the pool deck, they have Marceline. Um, well, I'm sorry, not like cabanas. They have the, the um, uh, like, I call it like a food court. Go around to the different windows and you can get pizza and Mexican and barbecue and hot dogs and hamburgers. Um, and then they have Marceline Market, which is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and basically is just like a buffet. Um, where you can, you know, have different stations from, you know, again, different types of food. Um, great for breakfast. You know, if you want to go up and, you know, have eggs, bacon, you know, cereal, pan, you know, Mickey Mouse waffles, all that kind of stuff. Um, so lots of that. And then as far as you mentioned about like the different, the lounges, um, they do have some very unique lounges. Um, obviously, Hyperspace Lounge. If you're a Star Wars fan, which Jared, obviously, you would go crazy in the Hyperspace Lounge. Um, 
it's really interesting because you walk in, it's, it's small, but it is, uh, and I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I can appreciate how cool the lounge is behind the bar. It's the whole length of the bar. It's just space. And you see like the Star Wars ships and all that. And every, don't quote me on this. I'm going to say every 10 minutes, it's probably wrong. They go into hyperspace and you hear, and then the whole back goes and they, then you wind up in a different part of space. And I don't know any of that, but like, it's kind of cool. Um, and, um, there's something called the Bayou, which is at right in the middle of, it's actually right behind the Grand Hall. Um, it's obviously themed after Tiana, you know, Princess and the Frog. And they, it's just beautiful. Hanging from the ceiling are just, it's greenery. They have little lights that are like fireflies. Um, it, it's just so beautifully themed. Um, right outside Palo, they have something, a, a bar, a lounge called the Rose. And um, just, uh, they have a drink there. I think it's a, like a $300 drink called the Rose and they bring it under a glass can like sort of canopy and they lift it up and there's smoke and, you know, just really great detail. But the one thing I was going to say, Jared is, um, and I, you know, I, we can obviously say this sort of compare contrast to another time, but being that the treasure is going to be the sister ship it, you know, everybody who's excited about the Haunted Mansion lounge um, or bar, that's going to be where hyperspace lounge is right now. I can't even fathom in my brain how cool that's going to be. Um, and, and I will say as far as the dining goes, they are going to keep worlds of Marvel and 1923 on the treasure, but I believe there's going to be Arendelle is going to be replaced with a cocoa themed um, restaurant. So they're carrying a lot over, but they're also making changes. And I, for one, personally really love that, um, especially with just all the ships. I mean, I totally understand with sister ships, you're going to have certain similarities. Um, and I think it's great with the layout of the ship. You know, if you really like a specific layout of a ship, you can go try the sister ship and you might still really enjoy that layout. Um, but I, for one, really love that the different ships are getting different themed lounges and different themed restaurants. It just adds to the sort of, you know, excitement, I guess, to want to try them all and want to book different cruises, you know, because if you're if you're getting the same experience, you, you can't. You can't go to Magic Kingdom and then go to Epcot and have the exact same experience. They're totally different parks for a reason. And, you know, there's a reason why people want to go to every park. And and I feel Disney does a fantastic job at that with Disney Cruise Line as well, because it makes you be like, okay, you know what? Hold on. I am a huge Star Wars fan, so I want to go on The Wish. Or I am a huge Haunted Mansion fan, so I want to go on the Disney Treasure. And there will be people who will quite literally book these things for that reason same thing oh, with right, kids the experiences and yeah. the other thing i think that's and i we don't know this yet because we haven't been on the treasure any of us but i feel like they brought a lot more of the parks onto this ship yeah and i you know for one jared you and i are obviously huge disney parks fans um i'm excited to see what they're bring because you don't really have that on the other ships other than the characters yeah. Um, the parks aren't. It's characters and theming. But I think the treasure is going to sort of be a little bit, you know, uh, a, it's going to be a nod to the Disney parks. And I'm excited to see that aspect. I mean, 
parks in terms of current stuff, but parks in terms of the past. For example, we have Haunted Mansion and Jungle Cruise themed lounges, bars coming to Disney, which people are going to freak out about that. I know for a fact. Totally. I mean, the line, it's going to be like Trader Sam's on the water. <laughs> Like yeah. the line is just going to be perpetually long to get into the Haunted Mansion Lounge. And I honestly, my big prediction with that, Alyssa, is when the Disney Treasure comes out, I honestly think that's going to be something they're going to, like, I don't know if Disney will be surprised by this. If if they are, they shouldn't be because Haunted Mansion fans are, there's a lot of them. But I seriously do believe we might see a first like Disney Cruise Line bar lounge that has an actual line out the door on a daily basis and oh, i know that yeah. sounds it sounds crazy but i i really do pe Unless think they, people well, line up. i will say this you on the wish you can uh select a time to go to hyperspace lounge so okay. which is good but i do agree with you though there i mean i can tell you the, the really good thing and this is on every cruise line um not every cruise line every disney cruise excuse me there's open houses. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you are, you know, and that's usually where you just, you go in and you check it out, maybe take some pictures and you leave. So that's going to be an opportunity for people, but you're going to walk in there and say, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm <laughs> down. Like, yeah, like you're going to have to drag me out of this, you yep. know, out of this bar. Cause I'm staying here forever. You know, <laughs> um, I do agree with you, Jared. Like it, it has the potential to be another Trader Shames and we've seen the line, Shoot, when they opened Trader Sam's, I mean, there was a virtual queue and it was still insane. I mean, look, I went to Trader Sam's in December. I mean, yes, this was a week before Christmas, so it, it's a busy time of year. But I brought some friends over to Trader Sam's. And we know how long Trader Sam's has been open at Polynesian. We showed up. The bar didn't actually open its doors until, you know, three o'clock or so. We were over there at two o'clock. All right. And they had already cut off the line. They had cut off the virtual queue. They had cut off to sign up an hour before it even opened. That's how popular Trader Sam's is. So I just, I yeah. think, I and again, it's not possible to have something like that on a cruise because there's only so many people that can fit on the ship. But it just goes to show you that I do think the popularity is going to be there for things like this. And I do think they'll probably do a good job with what you were talking about, Alyssa, with like, you know, virtual queues sort of stuff and also signing up for specific times. But I wanted to also mention real quick, Alyssa, beyond the beyond, um, you know, Haunted Mansion, we're also getting, as I mentioned, Jungle Cruise and we're getting 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea as a lounge as well, which is a more classic attraction yeah. and a more classic film. So you're right. I mean, they are leaning heavily more into the parks uh, with well, the next show. And also one of their their big um, suites is themed after Epcot. <laughs> and that'll be booked forever. That'll never uh, be open. I mean, open. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Like, sorry, listeners and viewers, it's a lot of money. Um, but that is going to be an Epcot theme. We've already seen some of the, rent, you know, the renderings of it. And, you know, Epcot is, you know, I don't care what anyone says. It, it is, it's one of the, it's, a, it's a popular park. People love Epcot. And it's funny because years ago, you know, if you ever talked about Epcot, people were like, oh, it's not for kids. That's an adult park. You know, it wasn't really as well, well received. Now, especially with the festivals and 
you know, now Guardians of the Galaxy and, and you know, all the things. I mean, you know, Epcot gives Magic Kingdom a run for its money. And Certainly. so, you know, I agree with you. I mean, that suite, no matter how much it costs, it's going to be sold out all the time. Like, it, you're not going to be able to get it. I guarantee you it's sold out for, you know, most of 2025. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. So it's exciting that they're bringing, um, they're marrying the parks with this new ship. I think it's going to be extremely well-received. I also love that it separates its theming from the wish. Yeah. I, I agree. And speaking of the wish, this episode is on the wish. So let me take the cruise ship and steer back into port. No pun we? intended. Because, no, no pun, pun intended. intended. Because, steer back. Uh, as, as I like to mention occasionally, uh, and by that I mean pretty much every episode, Alyssa and I tend to get off track and, you know, uh, that's We okay. went into open waters. But, we but, did. We, we went off. We were already like out of the port. Yeah, we saw the Disney treasure in the distance, and we, just, we had we to go yeah. sail in and check it I'm out. Gonna, but, here, Jared, I'm reeling you back in. <laughs> yeah, let's reel it back in. Either way, uh, let's shift back over to the Disney Wish. We talked a little bit about dining already, um, but I did want to also talk a lot about um, you know some of the entertainment offerings and things that are offered on the Disney Wish. Uh, you mentioned uh you know sort of the newer offerings in regards to things like arendelle and a themed experience for frozen i thought that <laughs> is amazing because the, frozen has one of the biggest fan bases in disney um that it's one of their only franchises that both of their films made a billion dollars uh, there's a reason why they're making a third one there's a reason why frozen's got lands overseas at different international disney parks um so I think that's amazing, but also leaning into Marvel stuff, leaning into Star Wars stuff, it sort of drives home this point that we were just talking about, Alyssa, that like it it kind of makes the Disney fans and the Disney families that my kids really love Marvel or my kids really love Frozen, it almost makes your decision a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. On like which ship to choose. But let's talk a little bit about the rest of it because I want to talk about characters and I want to talk about some of the entertainment on uh, in terms of the shows. The Broadway style shows on the ships are amazing. Um, everybody loves them, and every time I saw one on the Magic, I was blown away. Um, so, so talk a little bit about entertainment characters, um, and and let's try not to spend too much time talking about cake if we can, because I I think we spent enough time talking about cake on the last episode. We're not talking about cake of the day. <laughs> Look, I just don't want you to go on another rant or I'll go on another rant and it'll just I mean, I won't. So that means I can't talk about Joyful Sweets then. I can't talk about the bakery. You can talk about the bakery. I want to hear about that actually because I think people would be interested in that. Okay. I'll get to that in a minute because I'm, can we talk about cake of the day? No, I'm only kidding. Stop. Not going there. So the entertainment is amazing. They have three shows that they offer and they are like Broadway style shows. First one is, um, see us uh, is it seize the day i think it's seize the day but it's s-e-a-s um it's amazing it's a lot of characters in it so it's like Minnie and goofy and and mickey super super cute uh really good for the little ones because just a lot of singing and but it's character based um and then you have the little mermaid amazing um it is every bit as good as a broadway show should be um it's absolutely beautiful great Cast, great talent. My favorite is Aladdin. Um, it is 
absolutely incredible. The talent is amazing. Um, they go through the whole entire show. It's about an hour and a half long. Um, it's just amazing. Um, so you are up there with every kind of Broadway production, um, for sure. Um, the other thing, and what was the other, uh, you said, um, the entertainment and. Yeah. Characters, uh, things. Yeah, the characters. The so what I love, and, and I think this is true of all the Disney ships, but the characters, you know, they're out and about, um, yes, sometimes there's lines for them, but they're not like the lines at the parks where mm -hmm. you're waiting, you know, two hours to meet or three hours to meet someone, um, you know, and they're definitely many, you know, pirate night, they're in their pirate costumes. Otherwise they're, you know, Captain Mickey, Captain Minnie, um, you know, classic characters, Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, Chip and Dale, all the princesses. Um, obviously the wish has a bibbity bobbity boutique. Uh, like the other ships do, which is amazing. Um, of course, there's lots of great things to do. You know, they have obviously bingo and karaoke and trivia. Um, so always, there's always something to do afternoon or evening um, as well. Um, and, you know, the bars, like I mentioned. Oh, and I did, I did forget to mention, by the way, there is Keg and Compass, which is like a, it's almost like a, it, it, it reminds you of like a British pub. And they've got televisions. We actually did sports trivia in there. And, oh, cool. you know, to be honest with you, Greg won the, the award, which was, you know, they won the, the prize. Um, but, yeah, super, super fun. Um, just so much to do. Of course, there's Pirate Night, um, you know, with fireworks and a pirate dance party. Um, there's just what I love is it's as little or as much as you want to do. And you're not making a wrong decision. If you want to lay by the pool all day. Go for it. There's adult pools. There's family pools. There's children's pools. If you want to be like, hey, I want to go, 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 go. There's always something going on in on the ship that you can be a part of. Um, and you know exactly looking at your app, you know exactly what time and where. So, yeah. So uh, while we're on the same topic, in terms of entertainment in regards to things to do during the day, a lot of people are curious about the pool areas. Uh, kids clubs, things of that nature. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I mean, um, I'll be honest with you, the kids clubs blow any other, I'm sorry to say this, any other cruise line out of the water. No pun wow. intended, but it is true. Um, you know, you have kids clubs, um, you know, you have the Oceaneer Club, the Oceaneer Lab, um, you know, uh, Vibe, The Edge, something for every different stage, all the way from, they have the Small World Nursery, so literally you have something, sorry, my phone, um, you have something from infants and babies. Well, obviously that's not really entertainment. They're, you know, in a nursery all the way through like, you know, the, the young kids to the tweens to the teenagers, um, which is amazing. Um, I will say the Oceaneer Club on the Wish was like nothing I've ever seen. There are all these different rooms everything from you know princess rooms where you can go and try on princess costumes um they have a star wars area um they have an area for animation um where you can just go and draw and get inspired by things there's an area um you know for different characters you could get lost in there kids never want to leave um and then edge and vibe which are more for like the tweens and and teenagers you know, go there, you meet friends, you watch TV, there's video games. Um, 
you know, comfy beanbag chairs. It's just so much fun. Um, kids never want to leave for sure. And the cool thing at on the wish is when you come in on the grand hall on deck three, you can, the kids can take a slide, a circular, like sort of like a whirly slide down to the oceaneer club below on the deck, the deck below on deck two. And so literally there's a cast member at the top with a desk and you sign your kid in and then the kid can slide. You can take stairs if you want, by the way, you don't have to slide down. But the kids just slide down into the Oceaneer Club. How yeah. cool is that? that is and by awesome. the way, some parents can do it too if they want. I think that's awesome. Now, in terms of the pools, I know there is an adult section, same as any of the other. Um, you know, there's a kid, there's a more kids oriented section. Uh, but I know they also sort of introduced something more new with the water slide features for this ship that they hadn't really done before in regards to, you know, better technology and things of that nature. I know they're also planning to do similar things with the treasure um, and that sort of version of the aqueduct and everything. So well, can you talk a little bit about Aqua that? Aqua Mouse is when you go through it, it's, it's, you know, it's, they call it like a, an attraction. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of a stretch <laughs> of calling it an attraction, <laughs> but you know, there's like lights and, and things going on. Whereas the aqueduct, doesn't really have so they've really upped the technology you know with that mm -hmm. the water areas the play areas there's also a big hero um sports area that on day one they do they bring up all these inflatables and you can you know do all like courses and do all the things those are only on day one but there's oh my goodness there's ping pong tables foosball tables basketball courts um, all kinds of places just to hang out. Um, it's a huge area. Um, so again, just something for everybody, whatever you feel like doing. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And again, it, it speaks more to wanting to experience all the ships for different reasons of, you know, entertainment too, and, and wanting to see what this adult section is like compared to this adult section or the quick services compared to this quick service. I mean, it really does go all the way from the best restaurants all the way down to things like that. And, and Disney does a fantastic job of theming each one sort of differently. So we're going to wrap up this episode a little bit earlier than usual, but before we do, I do want to allow you uh, some final comments on the Disney wish, Alyssa, if you want to take a moment to explain to maybe somebody who's thinking about um, booking the Disney Wish, I, you know, I, I imagine that's a big reason why someone new would be clicking on this video or clicking on this episode. Um, someone new to our content, they're going to be wanting to learn about the Disney Wish. So why would they want to book uh, and, and decide, okay, this is the one for you? And um, and sort of, sort of, I guess, uh, pitch pitch someone on the Disney wish. I yeah. mean, you well, kind of just did it, but. <laughs> if someone is new to cruising, a little unsure, um, we get that a lot at Mickey Travels. Ah, you know what? I'm not sure if my family's gonna love cruising. Um, seven nights is a big commitment to a cruise that we might not like. Go with the Disney wish and try a three or four night sailing. It's just enough, I promise you, you'll love it. Like, you'll be like, why didn't we do longer, you know, or whatever. Um, It'll get your feet wet as to what a Disney ship is about, Disney Cruise Line's about. Uh, give you a little taste. I promise you'll be ready to book your next one. Um, again, as you said from the very beginning, it's a brand new ship. I shouldn't say brand new. 
it's the newest of the ships right now. Um, so, you know, the technology is, you know, top of the line. Um, you know, it'll all, also give you an opportunity to go see Castaway Key, which is awesome. You know, that's Disney's current private island. So you're guaranteed to, you know, go to Castaway and experience that as well. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to experience a ship that, remember also price point, a three and four night is not going to be as expensive as a five, a seven, a 10 or a 14 night, right? So, you know, it could be also how to, you know, why Disney wish maybe somebody can't really swing a seven night Disney fantasy, you yeah. know, it's, it's just too much, or maybe they can't take off that much work or, you know, they can't take the kids out of school that long. The Disney wish is a perfect opportunity to maybe keep the price point a little lower. Um, know that you're not committing to as many days um, and it's still experience all that the Disney cruise line has to offer. So those yeah. are some of the reasons I would say, um, in addition to the fact that it is a gorgeous ship with so much to offer. But I think those are some reasons that someone might choose the wish at this point over, you know, maybe another uh, Disney ship until, you know, um, they feel that they're ready to possibly commit to longer time for, you know, whatever those reasons are. Yeah, well, we certainly hope you got a lot out of this episode. Um, all of our listeners and viewers, we really appreciate the support as always for the Mickey Blog Podcast. We continue to have five-star ratings across Apple Podcasts, and we're super, super thankful for that. Um, if you'd like to continue to support the podcast, please do leaving leave a rating or review and you can hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode you can also catch all of our episodes in video format over on the youtube channel um and of course you can continue to support mickey blog by heading to mickeyblog.com and reading our constant flow of articles on all things disney we cover disney 365 24 7 but on top of that, you can also follow Mickey Blog on social media, where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and so much more. Um, and beyond that, if you are thinking to yourself, you know what? Great episode on The Wish, Jared, but I want to know about the Disney fantasy or the Disney dream or the Disney magic. Well, have no fear because we have more episodes to come in this series. We're detailing an episode for each ship where we dive deep, no pun intended, into why you should book this particular ship what makes this ship stand out we've already uploaded one on the disney fantasy so if you were also considering the disney fantasy go check that episode out but we also have lots more episodes on all things disney from planning a perfect disney day to best attractions to so much more so feel free to check out our 65 plus episodes over on all of our platforms um to go listen and watch some of our other uh you know, episodes. But in any event, we hope you all have a magical rest of your day. Cannot wait to see you all next week on another edition of the Mickey Boy Podcast. And uh, have a good one.